Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Cool. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory. With Sunbury Motors Guarantee. And a terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost warping online at sunburymotors.com. Okay, um, let's uh, bring in Zach Showers. Uh, the, I mean, I know it's a playoff game, but gee, Zach, I feel like. The pathway here for Sealands Grove is a pretty good one right now. Yeah, I would agree. Um, they've definitely benefited from a few upsets along the way, but ultimately they uh, continue to show up and take care of business. Well, I mean, look, you can't control what happens to other people. You just can't. Uh, and... When you're in that situation, I remember the year what the Atlanta Falcons beat the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings had this great year and the whole deal. And guess what? It's the Falcons of the Super Bowl, and then they got blown out. Uh, but you can't help who you play. So, what do you feel about the level of play of Sealands Grove? Is this another deal where, as, as time goes, they're just, to their credit, playing better and better and better? Yeah, I would agree. So, generally speaking, I mean, this is the team over the course of the season that has gotten better um i think it's uh i talk about it every week the offensive line continues to just dominate um and anytime you have that at this point in the season especially as the weather gets cold um you know we're looking like a pretty nice evening for a game on friday night but when you start talking about weather and winds um being able to have that and just you can rely on that is just so huge um not only in and getting big plays but this team the past two weeks has been able to um, basically run out the clock in the fourth quarter when everybody yeah. in the stadium knew that's what they were going to do. Um, but I think where this team really continues to get better um, is just in the in the passing game. They're more balanced. There's more weapons. Um, everybody talks about Tucker Teets, and rightfully so. He's broken about every sure. of, uh, single season rushing record this year. But um, yeah. the emergence of Gavin Bastian as a wide receiver has really um, you know elevated the passing game quite a bit. Yeah, and when did you start to sense that, I don't know, turns the wrong word, but sense that that offensive line was starting to take control and set the tone in games? When did you start to sense that? Um, I I would say the middle of the season. Um, You know, they were able to, uh, you know, open up some holes, but still, you know, week two against – or week three against Jersey Shore, um, they were able to really uh, kind of be shut down a little bit. Um, as they played some bigger teams, even like a Holidaysburg in the middle of the season, um, that was probably the biggest team in the middle of the season that they played. But, um, yeah, I would say the middle of the season, but I think 
the last two weeks have been confirmation because a lot of those games, um, the middle part, um, were teams that we expected Seals Grove would blow out, um, which they did. But to be able to the last two weeks, um, when you have um, Tucker Teets, who's you know going over 200 yards in back-to-back weeks against a team of Jersey Shore's caliber, which Seals Grove struggled with mightily the past couple of years. And then Bethlehem Catholic last week, um, they were able to really just wear them down. And that was a team that had some size, had some guys that are, you know, being looked at on the one double A level. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it started in the middle of the season, but the last two weeks have been a big confirmation that I feel like this team can, um, can win up front with about anybody. Right. Well, and that's one of the keys. Now you got Juniata. Okay, and again, I mean, what's been? What was your impression of watching them? Well, we played them week two. Yeah, um, that's which, I mean, it's a long time yeah, ago. So I mean, a, what was your impression yeah, it, of, of them at that point? It's a long time ago. Um, they were a team even week two, which sounds crazy. That had a number of injuries. Um, right. They've definitely come on the past couple weeks. Um, getting a, they got one of their better players, a fullback, linebacker, back that has made a little bit of a difference. Um, schematically, they're pretty similar to what they were doing. They they like to run the ball um, kind of out of some wing formation. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, their offense really goes through. Um, they have a wide receiver, Jasper Sheps, who's only a sophomore but has over 1,200 yards receiving this year. And he, he caught seven balls against Salem's Grove the first time. And, um, you know, tall, lanky kid. Um, that can be a bit of a matchup matchup problem, but um, when you look at, I know Spielman's Grove schedule, I'm sure has been questioned around the state um, as they continue to take care of business. I think this is an area too where, um, you know, Spielman's Grove has definitely played significantly better teams over the course of the season. Um, that they'll be, you know, prepared for a team that's going to be hungry, um, especially after losing to Spielman's Grove by 30 points week two. Um, but I think this is also a, a Seals Grove team that's gotten better. Well, you know, it's it's interesting how people will criticize a schedule, but you can only beat who's in front of you, right? I mean, that, I mean, to yeah, me, that's absolutely. the only. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can't go out and say, "Hey, you know what? Let's play Aliquippa now." Well, no, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> And what kind of job has the coaching staff done with these kids of handling anything that has come up that's been a problem, but more importantly about the ability to manage success? Yeah, I I think they've been steady and consistent. Um, You know, this is, for the most part, a coaching staff that has been around the last couple years, so the players know what to expect. Um, but, you know, Steve, I mean, the best teams are the teams that have that senior leadership and that leadership from yeah. within. Um, so while the coaches have done a phenomenal job putting themselves into putting the players into great positions to succeed, um, you also have buy-in, um, I think, which shows the positive relationships that you have between the coaches and the players. But this right. is a team that, um, you know, the, the senior leadership has been unbelievable. Um, you know, that when I go to practice on Wednesdays to interview Coach Hicks, um, it, it's looked identical from the beginning to the end of the year here. Um, you know, when you talk to, when you see the players around, um, they carry themselves well. They 
have the uncanny ability to be pretty loose, um, yeah. but also know when to turn things on and when they need to be focused, whether that's um, at practice, whether that's on Friday night or, you know, even mm -hmm. watching film throughout the week. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the coaches have done a nice job. This is with some of the blowouts you, you know, you expected one of those to be a closer game than what it was. And it, yeah. it really hasn't been. You know, it's interesting you brought that up because uh, Penn State football practice last Friday. Uh, somebody asked me what was, uh, you know, after the tough loss to Michigan and so forth, you know, how were they? I said, Friday they were loose, <laughs> like locked in and yeah. loose. Uh, and guess what? That's what kids can do. I think that means a lot to a coach when you're locked in, but the players are also loose. People aren't tight. They seem to be enjoying their success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that's, um, you know, interesting this week, um, not sure if you saw, but Seelens Grove is actually going to be hosting this game at home. Yes. Um, yep. Which typically doesn't doesn't happen in a state playoff game. But um, uh, no. I, I had a chance today with being off to interview um, Coach Hicks this morning as they were doing a morning practice. And um, you could just really sense the excitement in his voice, um, you know, two weeks ago. You know, seniors walked off that field, and, you know, Derek talked a lot about how, you know, he told the guys to soak it all in because this is the last time that, you know, all you're right. probably going to be playing, playing under this lights. And um, to have that chance to come back and play again, it's just kind of a bonus for those guys to, to be in front of the home crowd at home to go through, uh, you know, a typical game day and be in your locker room again. So there's – there's a lot of energy because um, Seelens Grove really didn't play their best game last week. Um, they made a lot of mistakes, and to be able to get a win against a, a really good team and um, be able to come home now and have some motivation of, hey, we need to we need to maybe be a little more crisp in practice this week, be a little bit more focused when we come out. Um, it definitely helps being able to play in front of your home crowd. Oh, my goodness. There's no question about that. Well, you've done great work for us. Appreciate it very much and everything you do. Uh, and uh, what do you say uh, we talk again next week? Because that would be a good sign. Yeah, I absolutely hope so. It's been a it's been a fun year so far, far following these guys, and um, you know, keep it going for as long as we can. Sounds great, Zach. Thanks so much. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving, Steve. You too. And that is uh, Zach Showers with. Uh, all the rundown on Sealands Grove. Didn't never got Neil, did we? Uh, no, but if we go to break now, we could try to get him on. All right, let's do that. We'll go to break now and see if we can get him in for a couple minutes here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Okay. Have you with us on the show today? Ah, Neil, my man. Happy Thanksgiving. You just made Thanksgiving better. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well and to everybody else out there. I apologize for the uh, the mix-up. There's all kinds of stuff that has to go on before everybody leaves for five days. And I have to do it. I completely understand, and you don't have to ever explain to me. Uh Mac Canada, to quote my basketball partner, Dick Girardi, gone. 
it's uh, so, a long time coming, right? We've, yeah. we've, uh, we've kind of seen this. He, um, it, it, the timing of it, I don't think it could be a surprise, but to, to paraphrase Fletch, you know, right at the end, that was real sudden. You know, we, we didn't quite uh, <laughs> anticipate. We, we didn't think he, this would happen. And my, and my thought, honestly, just because the Steelers haven't done this since 1941, and I didn't right. even know how far back it went. I, I was telling my daughter, I don't – it hasn't happened as far as I know. It certainly hasn't happened in, in the Tomlin era. I said probably 30, 40 years. I didn't think it went back that far. Um my thought was, though, this truly is the the worst offense in the NFL. I mean, they're 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 terrible. And the Cleveland game, um, there, there was stuff that they rolled out. It's like, did did they even work on this? I mean, it, it's. I don't want to go into it too much, um, just simply because I, I think you know the, the masses have done that well enough for me, but. It's not an exaggeration to say it was a, a complete disaster. They they really had no symmetry at all, um, and it, it didn't look like they did uh, much preparation at all. And it, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Cleveland. That's a great defense. Uh, they did yes. what they needed to do uh, yeah. and have you know many times throughout the year. But there was stuff that worked against them the first time they played. Uh, I felt the Steelers kind of stole the, the the first win from Cleveland. I thought Cleveland really should have won that game, but uh-huh. um, they were about to do it again. And the the real difference was the the Steelers just didn't come up with that one drive that they usually come up with. That's the difference between what we're talking about as, as a complete and total disaster and normal for them. If that's the case, you've you've got to go in a different direction, and I, I think the the Steelers finally got wise to that. And uh, you know, I, I'm not celebrating anybody losing their job ever, but you right. know, this this team needed something else. Um, they needed to, to start uh, going in a different direction. I don't think that this solves the problems that they have, but uh, they they definitely were not solving them uh, on the the course that they were on. Neil, here's the problem I have with what with Matt Canada in the situation there. If you were to handpick somebody that was sitting there and knew Kenny Pickett really well, it was him. And I felt like he didn't do anything to bring out the best in Kenny Pickett. Really makes you question um, what the direction was and is with Pickett. Um the way that I see it, and I, I, I've used this phrase, and I don't want to be trite, but when you take the sling out of the gunslinger, what you get is hesitance. And to yeah. me, it's almost like there's a, a, a step in Pickett's mental process after he receives the ball that's it, it, almost like authoritative in, in telling him, don't turn the ball over. Right. That extra step necessary. I don't think that you need to tell a quarterback not to turn the ball over. I mean, that, that, that should be something um, that, that's, you know, automatic to them. But it, it just seems like he's taking it as a manual uh, command in everything that he does. He's yeah. late on his throat. His yeah. mechanics are, are bad. It's leading to woeful inaccuracy. I mean, he's missing badly on, on a lot of throws that aren't yeah. challenged. It's not like 
he's taking a risk. You need Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, had had supreme athleticism, and he used it to his advantage. When he missed, it was on a, a, a deep throw, a big play, maybe a, a lower percentage opportunity, but he made it competitive. Pickett misses to the point yeah. where his, his receivers can't make competitive plays on the ball. And there were a few against Cleveland. I mean, we, we saw George Pickens make one of the most tremendous catches anybody could ever make. He's falling back. Yeah. He's almost on his butt. And he has to, to still contort his body two yards in the other direction to make a catch. And it's like that, that pass right. is nowhere near him. And things like that, it, it adds up. And I, I'm not going to suggest that uh, the offensive direction was helping Kenny Pickett. It, it certainly wasn't. But uh, there was plenty um, going on that slowed him down. Um, it, it seemed to confuse him. And I, I think that the overall makeup is so muddy of, of his game. The composition of his game is so uh, broken. They, they need to go in a different direction. And I, I don't know what I see in Kenny Pickett anymore. I'm not sure who he is as a player. Um, I know that it doesn't look good, and he's not going to last long if, if it continues. So they've got a long road ahead of them now. If this is the guy that they want, there's a lot that they're going to have to do. And I, I feel like generally speaking that he is the guy that they want but they're going to have to reconstruct him um and that you know unfortunately for them it starts on the road against a divisional opponent in a, a, a winnable game but almost a must-win game for them if they want to continue the season beyond just their their normal uh 18-week season is it is it hard to change Anything at this stage? I mean, my goodness. I mean, I don't see how this can look different coming up. Do you? Here's the way that I see it. I think you know, a couple different perspectives you need to look at. you got seven regular season games left. I would be willing to bet Pickett's best game this year will be played in one of these next seven games. Okay. At the same time, I would bet we are going to see multiple games like we have seen of him. There's only so much you can do. Now, if, if you think of it this way, uh, if Mike Tomlin has ever had the captive attention of the team, it's right now. That's true. You don't have anybody to blame anymore. You don't have the guy that you want to passively talk about in interviews after the game. Um, the, 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 the whipping boy isn't there anymore. We're looking at you now. He's gone, okay? We yeah. took care of that. Now let's, let's see what you're going to do with that adversity in front of you, this is an opportunity for you to, to, to get right because something needed to happen. And right. we're not doing this in an act of celebration. We are doing this because you need to play a lot better than you have been. And he's not the only one that has a problem. Um, they don't have a whole lot of money, you know, guaranteed as far as their offense goes. So it, it, the offensive players of the Steelers really should take notice. Um, this This isn't... You know something you should be celebrating. Uh, it, it should make you focus even more intently on what you're doing. And hopefully, uh, I think it's smart to have both Eddie Faulkner and uh, Mike Sullivan involved in this thing. Um, they're going to have to change some stuff up, and and maybe it's simple. Um, you know, I, I Trey Essex, the former Steelers player, said this in social media. I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, if, if you need to put Kenny out in, in no huddle right away, you know, get yeah, him on the road. I agree with that. And, and have him be aggressive. Just cut him loose. 
at some point they're going to have to do that. Um, can they do that for four quarters for seven straight games? No. You know, they're not talented enough to do that. Uh, but they're going to have to do something. And at, at some point, though, they'll have to revert back to the things that they have worked on, the things that they know, and you hope they're practicing more effectively than they have been. Because with the way it looked last week, it, it honestly looked like they played the next day and weren't aware that they were supposed to play the next day. They were. Right. It, it was an absolute disaster. So I, I don't know how complicated it is, but I don't know how much they could really do anyway. They just need a, a different voice, a different direction to do the bulk of the stuff they have been doing and then add in a, a few elements of things just to, to try to get uh, you know some life jump-started there. To you and your incredible family, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You as well, Steve. Enjoy it. Thanks so much. Neil Kulong will come back. King final half hour as we make predictions for the weekend here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Okay. Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, where it's 11 and 15, almost wharf online, sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory, with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, terrific service department that makes it all pay off. I don't know, routine, difficult to handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And Dick Milton is absolutely, I mean, he, he hit it square right on the money. He said one for 16 at Ohio State. Nothing else needs to be said. Dick is absolutely correct. But when you're doing a two-hour show, I just can't sit there and talk about one for 16 the entire time because I mentioned it so many times, and I talked about, hey, look, other things happen too. You need to win the key sequences in the game. And the key sequence was the Jacobs play with the holding penalty against Penn State. That ends up being, at minimum, a 10-point swing, probably. Well, it, it ends up being, uh, what did they get out of that? They got a, did they get a field goal out of that? I'm trying to remember. I think they got a touchdown out of it. It ends up being a 14-point swing. So that's a 14-point swing in the game. That's why it's a key sequence. Boom. Now we go to the second half, and this goes squarely to the one for 16. Penn State has the ball. They decided, you know, Penn State had the ball third down and less than four. I think it was like third and two, third and three. Couldn't convert one on fourth down. Couldn't get it. And then Ohio State took over. Short field, 42, 43-yard drive. Boom, that was it. All right. And they, they were able to put up the touchdown to put the put the game away. All right. Uh, now, is he absolutely right? Yeah. I mean, unquestionably. I mean, I... I quoted the exact stats on the game on that Friday. I mean, on that Monday, over and over again, the 0 for 6 on third and less than 4, the 1 for 10 and third and better had been 0 for 15. So, But I couldn't just sit there for two hours and say it was 1 for 16 the entire time. There were a couple other things I wanted to talk about in it, too. He just did, uh, and in all fairness to Dick, he probably didn't hear that part of the show, which is perfectly fine. I don't expect you to sit there for the whole two hours. 
they, they pay Caleb to sit there for the whole two hours. <laughs> so true. Oh, oh, great. Well, don't make it seem like it's water dripping on your forehead either, Caleb. Come on. <laughs> it's a holiday. <laughs> Do I have uh, the king? Uh, he has not called yet, but I will Is, get him on okay. once he has. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, Caleb. I mean, a little loyalty. <laughs> I enjoy every second. At least lie. <laughs> we'll refer to it as a white lie. <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, you're not going to sit there for the whole two hours. All right, all right. Well, well, take the heat off of me because the king just called. So, uh... <laughs> no, he did no heat on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there like, yeah, yeah, I got to sit there for the whole two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like water dripping on Caleb's forehead. Uh, it's 20 to 3. Drop. It's 19 uh, to 3. Drop. <laughs> hey, boys and girls out there, the king is here. Hey, how's it going? Doing so great. Tell me the story about uh, uh, the Today Show. Well, I haven't talked about it because I'm not really big on talking about what I do. <laughs> well, it's but it's going to, you're going to be on national TV. It's, go, it, I, it's I going to be on. I know because it makes me look good. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be Friday morning. I know a guy at, who's going to be on TV. <laughs> it's going to be Friday morning on the Today Show at eight ten. So they actually gave me a time. Okay. They they that's what the time they gave it to me. I'll give you the exact quote. Uh, currently slated for about 8.10, but as you know, live TV is pretty fluid, so it may move from that morning, blah, blah, blah. All right, thanks again. Happy early Thanksgiving. Uh, so this is what the segment. Henry, Harry? That, that, no, that's from Joshua, who's the producer. Okay. Uh, Harry Smith is the one that did the piece. Uh, and what's the and, piece about? The piece is about the origins of We Are Penn State. It's the cheer that's in Beaver Stadium. You say it three times, We Are Penn State, We Are Penn State, We Are Penn State. The odd, And then the last part is you say, Thank you, you're welcome. Uh, the oddity is, on all the pep rallies I've ever done, and I've emceed or at least had a part in all of them, I have never once done that. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> I never have wow. done it. Uh, and because it's always been like, the, you know, you get up there at the pep rally. I, I'll give you the Rose Bowl pep rally. Everybody got up there. Right, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, and I got the – so Jack and I looked at each other, well, we're not doing that. Because <laughs> it's be the thousandth time. Uh, so it is on the origins of We Are Penn State. Harry Smith, who for years was on the CBS – on CBS this morning, yeah. for years was an anchor of CBS News. He came into State College. Uh, was this a Wednesday? Sixteen days ago, it was on the thirteenth of November. I just uh, missed we, him. Yeah, you just missed him. Uh, and we sat down. We did my part was done in the broadcast booth, and then a little bit was done on the field. But we spent about a half hour on the interview, and then. 
we spent an hour and a half just talking <laughs> because we had a good really? time talking. Look, I really enjoy successful people that are grounded. You know, Jack Ham, like ultra success. Absolutely. <laughs> Right? Right? Plus, mom told no. me I had to. <laughs> right? Uh, but Jack Ham, ultra successful, no ego, grounded. Right? Dick Girardi, ultra successful, no ego, grounded. Harry Smith's like that, Kev. Ultra so, successful, no ego, totally grounded. That's why I enjoy talking to him. How long is your interview with him? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how much of the cutting room floor I end up. But I'll give everybody the gist of the story. The gist of the story is the fact that the cheer in the stadium and the mythology of the cheer. The mythology of the cheer is that it emanated from the 1940s when Penn State had two African-American players named Wally Triplett and Denny Hogard on the team. Penn State was scheduled to play Miami in 1946 at Miami. And essentially... Penn State was told that, look, uh, your your two African-American players are not going to be welcome down here, right? And so the Penn State players voted, and they didn't say in the, in the meeting, hey, we are Penn State. They didn't say that. They said, we all play or none. And Penn State ended up canceling the game. And as I pointed out to Harry, it was eight months before Jackie Robinson played for the Brooklyn Dodgers that they did this. So then Penn State goes to the Cotton Bowl the next year. They have a 9-0 regular season. They're ranked fourth. And they go to Dallas. And they bring again Wally Triplett, Denny Hogarth. And they were not allowed to stay in the downtown Dallas Hotel, which was the team hotel. Well, that's where Steve Suey, the captain, said, well, there's no need for a vote this time. We are Penn State. And they stayed at a naval base 14 miles outside of Dallas as a team. Then they went and they played the game. Wally caught a touchdown pass from Woody Petchel in the second half, and it ends up in a 13-13 tie against SMU. And SMU had the great running back, Doak Walker. And the irony is Doak Walker and Wally Triplett both ended up being teammates with the Detroit Lions and ended up becoming friends. And the irony is, of course, Penn State is playing at the Detroit Lions' current home stadium, Ford Field, on Friday night. Well, the cheer then starts. Now, the cheer part starts in 1975. The Penn State cheerleaders, Penn State plays a game at Ohio State. So the cheerleaders go out and they hear the Ohio State crowd chant O-H-I-O, right? And they're like, man, we need to do something in the stadium. Because, I mean, Beaver Stadium was kind of a sleepy atmosphere back then. And they said, we need to do something. But they didn't know what to do. So later in the year, they're watching a game on TV between USC and UCLA from the Coliseum. And they can hear in the background, we are SC, we are SC. They thought, you know, we could do something with that. So they come up with, we are Penn State. Except when they do it, they do it all at once instead of a separation. We are Penn State. So the first game they do it was with Stanford in 1976 in Beaver Stadium. And the students were at the opposite end. Beaver Stadium, the track was still in. Remember, you and I went to a blue-white game when the track was still in there, Kevin? 
right? Track yeah, was still in there. Capaletti come walking in. Uh, yep. And then they had just bleachers cool. in the one end zone beneath a big scoreboard, right? So the right. students were at the opposite end. There's no loud speaker system. They're like, we are Penn State. And the students are like, yeah, 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 we know we are. Great. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, it doesn't help the cause that Penn State then loses to Ohio State and Iowa, and they get off to a rough start. And they finally play a game in Kentucky. And the fans there in Commonwealth Stadium, blue, white, blue, white, they said, hey, let's do the separation. We are Penn State. But it took years for it to catch on. Well, now, of course, you go into the stadium, and when everybody does it, it is, the place is thundering and shaking when they do it. So that's the essence of what the story happens to be. So now you don't Good. have to watch it. I already told it. Yeah, I'm all set. I can go do something else now. I mean, that, now, I mean, the good news is all of you can sleep in. Uh, so. no. We'll be watching. I can't wait. So it'll be uh, right I around. I called my wife. I called Steve Roy. I told Karen. Um, so, I don't have a lot of friends, so. But, so right around, yeah, right around eight ten, they said on uh, Friday morning is when the story is going to be. And they interviewed Lou Prado. They interviewed two Penn State cheerleaders. I don't know if Harry interviewed anybody else, but and how long the piece is, I don't know. But they've been working on it for a couple of weeks. So, they have, awesome. so that's uh, that's on the Today Show on uh, on Friday. So. I didn't, hadn't, hadn't really brought it up, so. <laughs> but well, yeah. if he wants any more insight, just have him give me a call. You know, that's. I'll fill in the blank for him. I will. <laughs> we'll come back with our picks in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, let's get to it. Uh, based on the music, we'll start with College Fitball. Okay. Well, just to be clear. I beat your butt again last week, so I'm taking a commanding lead. <laughs> they should have interviewed you for the Today Show. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> oh, I haven't added up yours yet. You took Cleveland. You won. You took Denver. You won. You took Kansas City. You lost. Lost. And you took Seattle. You lost. So that makes one, two. <laughs> Let's see. You're enjoying like this. Three and two. <laughs> okay. But there's four. So three and, three and two is five. So you went five and five, and I went seven and three. So you're enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Matt's gone. I'm winning now. <laughs> he intimidated you. Well, the ironic thing is I'm getting the college games right. I really haven't got a clue. So, anyway. <laughs> oh. Anyway, all right, let's do it, man. Green Bay at Detroit. Well, that's the game the day before. Uh, I'm going to take Detroit. They beat him up at Lambeau, and I think at home they'll win again uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. I agree. Detroit. Okay, very interesting game here because they're they're going for the worst record in the league. So that things are flipping around now. <laughs> New England at the New York Giants. Neither team has a quarterback. I am going to pick because I think their defense is pretty good. The Giants. I agree. Uh, the Giants looked great last week. 
In fact, they caused me to lose the big pool. I went 11-3 and in the big pool and lost by four points because of the friggin' Giants <laughs> and all things. I, 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 I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You decide you can play now? So, anyway, <laughs> I should have taken uh, the Giants. But Buffalo at Philadelphia. Should be a great game. Um, Absolutely. It's kind of hard to go against Philadelphia right now, even though I think I think they're like two steps behind where they were last year. Um, and I thought Monday night they didn't really, eh. I mean, Kansas City, it's like one of those games you felt like Kansas City lost. <laughs> yep. All right. But you know what? Give Philadelphia credit. They made fewer mistakes than one. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm going to go on a limb here and take Buffalo. I'm only taking Buffalo because, what's his name? That's horrible with names. Quarterback. Uh, Josh Allen. He changed his game. He changed his game to thumb downs. And when you do that, it changes him as a quarterback, and he doesn't have He had one turnover last week, and it was a Hail Mary. So you don't really count that. Um, that, That's just... Tenfold. If Buffalo does not turn the ball over, they're very yeah. difficult to beat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and take Buffalo. This I thought and I thought Joe did a good job of calling. I'm talking about Joe Brady, and he was with Penn State for a couple of years. That's why I know. Yeah, Philly is on the edge. I mean, they did not deserve to win that game. I mean that. No. Kansas City outplayed them the whole game. They kept dropping the ball, including yeah. Kelsey. You know, yep. you, you gotta. Sure did. They. Philly, I don't like the term luck, but they they didn't do much the whole game. They scored right. when they had to, and the kid made a great catch, Smith. Yeah, so no doubt. That was yep. a great throw, too. So. Yes, it was. Okay, Cleveland at Denver. I'll take Denver. I'll take Denver. Yeah, I like that. Now you're seeing what a good football coach is. That yeah. guy can coach. Okay. Yes, he Denver, can. I got Denver. It, they, that team put a, gave up 70-something points at one point this year, and now nobody wants to play them. So. Right. Okay, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Oh, I'll take – oh, boy. Um, yeah, that's a tough pick. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh without Joe Burrow. Who's Cincinnati's backup? I'm not sure. Jake Browning. Jake Browning, okay. Jake Browning. Yeah, he played against Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl. Didn't like him then, don't like him now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Cincy. Okay. All right. I think they feel like they got something to prove that everybody yeah. – it's hard when they all turn around and say, well, that's it, they can't win. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. that's kind of an insult to a yeah. good football player. So. Okay, let's go to college. Oh, yeah, you took Pittsburgh. College, Oregon's number 15, Oregon State at number 6, Oregon. I'll take Oregon, even though I think Oregon State's going to be really motivated, but Oregon. I concur, Oregon. The big matchup, UConn at UMass. I'll take UMass. I'll take, I gotta take UConn. I, I, I mean, 
I'm a mile from their field. So. Yeah, they won't let you in the house. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I hate their football program. But I, UConn actually had a lot of games this year that they could have won. And they, yeah. They could have, would have, should have. But Yeah. Okay. You got UMass. I got UConn. Ohio State, number two in the country, at number three, Michigan. Well, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what what the breakdown is. I'm picking Ohio State. <laughs> okay, I'll take Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I just I've, that that's a group I think all of us have had enough of. Yeah, for sure, and it's getting I, I'm, it's getting worse. Sure. But I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the game's a toss-up. Yeah. Based on what I've watched. They're both very good. I mean, Michigan is the better quarterback, but I'm picking Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. I'll take Michigan. Just because yeah, I can't. We got. We got to. We got to. We got to fly through these. We're at the end here. Okay. All right. Colorado or Utah? Uh, Utah. I got Utah. Ole Miss at Mississippi. Ole Miss. I concur. Okay. We'll see you Friday at eight ten. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Yeah, you too, and have a good game this week, and we'll be looking for a new bowl game. Yeah, I got game tomorrow here in Orlando, and then I fly to Detroit tomorrow afternoon for the game Friday night. You're in Orlando? Yes. Oh, you should call Uncle Mike. Uh, (laughs) I should. (laughs) He's right. He lives right in Orlando, so does um, Michael and... uh, my and Mark Clarkusi. Mark, Mike, and Mark both live yep. there too. So yeah, you can run into them at the grocery store. That would be perfect. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.